0: Tennessee can absolutely play with Georgia. Will Tennessee win? I don't know. I don't know if I'll predict that. Probably not, based on last week. But Tennessee can absolutely play with Georgia. But who are the Georgia Bulldogs, the back-to-back national champions? How good is Georgia this year? We're going to dive into Georgia. Looking ahead here on this Wednesday, Locked on Balls.
1: You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day
0: what is up you beautiful people happy wednesday and welcome into it this is locked on balls can't thank you enough for being here i'm your host eric kane and this episode is brought to you in part by fanduel sportsbook it is america's number one sportsbook where you can make every moment more at fanduel sportsbook got a whole lot to get into today we got uh, a little bit of a Georgia scout here on a Wednesday. Who are the Bulldogs? Stats that matter. Stats that really matter about Georgia in segment two, and then Ward Wednesday in segment three. Typically, typically we look back on the pro football focus grades from the week before. But guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm tired. Of ta- I'm tired of talking about Missouri. I know you're tired of talking about Missouri. Those pro football focus would be depressing as heck, and so we're not gonna do it. Point of the The mat- po- fact of the matter is they were awful. Tennessee was horrible. Those grades were atrocious, as you would expect in a 36-7 blowout victory the other way. So we are going to look ahead, continuing to turn the page Tuesday. That was yesterday. We're going to look ahead Wednesday today, and of course, we get into Josh Ward and kind of shaking up the lineup a little bit this week. But first, we're going to talk about who the Georgia Bulldogs are in 2023. Georgia, 2022-2021 uh, national champions. Head coach Kirby Smart, we know about that. And, and Georgia is 10-0, 7-0. And I think the biggest compliment, again, I'll continue to say this all week long. There's nothing spectacular about Georgia this year. In years past, you had Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, N'Kobe Dean, Chris Smith, Keeley Ringo. Those were all defenders. You had Stetson Bennett. You had um, you know, powerful run game, you had t- talented, you know, offensive linemen. Those are name drops. Those are people that stood out and And darnell washington one of the tight ends um you could point to some playmakers really some really good college football players and don't get me wrong there are good college football players on on georgia's team but it's just a well-rounded football team that's gotten better and better and better um and i think that's the biggest compliment that i can give to another team it's testament to recruiting and developing recruiting and development and that is what tennessee wants to be that is where tennessee wants to be in a couple years for sure and um i mean it is what it is guys i know you might get th- be thrown up in your mouth when i say that but i mean <laughs> you know fact of the matter is georgia's a good football team georgia's built a great program and of course you would love to have that type of success and that's what every team in the country really right now is chasing um but that that's kind of georgia so far this year offensively uh s- second to lsu in pretty much everything second to lsu in points per game at 40 uh, total offense of 504 yards uh, passing offense at 323 yards, fifth in rushing offense at 180 yards. It's turned the football over just 10 times on the season. The offensive line has allowed only nine sacks. What a stat through 10 games a season. They're averaging less than a, than, than a sack a contest. In SEC play, that's really, really impressive. Um, defensively, leading the SEC in pretty much everything but rushing where they're second in defending the run at 108 yards a contest. Uh, tops and points allowed per game at fifteen point six tops and yards allowed per game at two hundred and eighty nine total yards of offense allowed per game that's a really good stat passing stat one hundred and eighty one yards allowed through the air I mentioned the rushing stat a moment ago they've created 14 turnovers 12 interceptions sacked opposing quarterbacks twenty two times and uh logged fifty six and a half tackles behind the line of scrimmage again just a good football team sure has it been the has it been an easier schedule yeah but you're 10 games into an SEC football schedule. I don't care who you are. Um, it's impressive, and Georgia's another impressive football team. Kirby Smart, head coach, Mike Bobo back. He's an offensive coordinator. Uh, Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp, Cody dcs Let's look at the player personnel. Carson Beck uh, waited his turn, waited his turn, waited his turn behind uh, Stetson Bennett. And, uh, again, just like this football team, the quarterback's gotten better as the week's gone on. 3,022 yards passing. At second in the league behind Jaden Daniels, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, completing passes at 72%, and uh, he's averaging over 300 yards a game at 302 yards. I mean, he's he's a decent football player, pretty good football player. Tennessee will need to try to make things, um, you know, try to try to hurry him up and make and force him into bad decisions. Uh, Kendall Milton is the, the who they want to be the bell cow running back. He has missed a lot of times this year. Probably missed five games, came back, re-injured himself against Vanderbilt. Really only the last two games has he looked kind of like himself. Um, Still has 422 rushing yards on the season, off 67 attempts, seven touchdowns, and again, he's missed five games of action. DeJon Edwards has picked up that slack on the run game, 10 touchdowns, 691 yards on the ground. We all know the best football player on the field on Saturday is going to be Brock Bowers. It is incredible to me that he's already back. He had the same surgery, okay, the same surgery, tightrope surgery on that ankle that Cedric Tillman had a a year ago. Um, A guy that's going to be a first-rounder, has already won a national championship. Of course it means something to him. Of course Georgia means something to him and his teammates mean something to him. But, man, he got back in a hurry. It's incredible. He got a touchdown pass last week in his first game back. Brock Bowers is good. Not breaking news here. 44 receptions, leads the team. 601 yards, leads the team. Five touchdowns, leads the team. Has a rushing touchdown as well. All that in eight games. Leads the team in every statistical category in terms of receiving. Dominic Lovett, formerly of Missouri. 43 receptions, 475 yards, two touchdowns. Lad McConkey, who um, Jeremy Pruitt refused to recruit to Tennessee. Okay, that was a swing and a miss. Um, they use him all over the place. He is everywhere. They'll jet sweep him. They'll put him in the slot out wide. They'll put him in the back. I mean, they use him everywhere. Uh, 26 receptions, 418 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Marcus Roseme Jack Saint caught a touchdown against Tennessee last year. He's in the rotation. Ra Ra Thomas, wide receiver from Mississippi State last year, transferred into Georgia. He's caught a touchdown on the year. They got tremendously better at wide receiver and got a talent upgraded quarterback this year in my opinion. And again, I mentioned the offensive line through 10 games has allowed only nine sacks. So you think of defense, 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 when you're Georgia, this offense low key. Um, and we have a crossover tomorrow. And, and honestly, guys, I know a lot of you guys don't like crossovers and that's fair. Um, the the Georgia guy that I, I recorded with, I thought he was really good and I can't wait to show it to you tomorrow. Um, he he thinks that uh, Georgia, <laughs> shocker. He thinks that Georgia's offense is the best in the country in terms of balance, but they are very balanced. Are very balanced football team. Let's go to defense real quick. Again, the name game is not there anymore. Gone are the days of Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. Gone are the days of Nakomi Dean, Nolan Smith. Gone are the days of Keeley, Ringo, Christopher Smith. But it's still an overall solid football team. Um, small Munden. And leads the team in tackles, 48 tackles, 17 quarterback hurries from the second layer. Uh, Jarman Dumas Johnson, he's out. Okay. He's he he he's uh, out with a foot injury, I believe. He missed last game. So in steps in true freshman, former Tennessee target CJ Allen. CJ Allen is gonna get the start at uh, at middle linebacker as well in this football game or the middle layer. Um arguably the best defender for Georgia this year is the star player Tyke Smith, 46 tackles. Two sacks, six and a half TFLs, that's a team high. Four interceptions, that's a team high. Tied for second in the SEC this year. A really good player. Veteran safeties, these names have been around a long time. Javon Bullard and Malachi Starks combined for two interceptions. Cornerbacks, um, Kamari Lasseter, who uh, the Locked On Bulldogs host that we'll hear tomorrow is really, really high on. He has seven pass breakups to lead the team. Uh, Dylan Everett has five five pass breakups on the other side. Uh, again, it's just a really sound, solid defense. So uh, the, the the task is tall. We know this. Top-ranked Bulldogs, I believe number two in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, rankings come out tonight at the time of this recording. Um, the task is tall. We know this. Tennessee is inconsistent. We know this. But we also know that Tennessee is a different football team when you play at home compared on the road. Tennessee can absolutely win this football game. Tennessee can absolutely play in this football game. Um, will it? Will it be a fourth-quarter football game? You know, Will that win streak extend to 15 games? We will see, but the task is tall. Georgia, same story, different year. It's a good football team, so be prepared, and I know you guys know that as well. But that's a look at who Georgia is. Who Georgia is now. Let's take a look at the stats that matter. What makes wh- where does Carson Beck excel when compared to Joe Milton? What about these defenders? How good are these defenders and cover corners for Georgia? We'll take a look at that here in segment two. Do want to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors? eBay Motors, let's ride eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money is back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need, all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that W. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible bottoms only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to us customers hey guys welcome back into your wednesday edition of locked on vols uh can't thank you enough for being here and making this show what it is hey the push to king 10k is on it is the slowest of burns right now but i do appreciate you guys who have heard my call my charge to action have subscribed for those of you guys that are already subscribed thank you i know i say it all the time but I mean, by uh, end of the day, it's how I get paid, guys. <laughs> All right. Plus, I want this, uh, I want these videos and this, uh, this show to get in front of more and more Tennessee fans. So we can grow our audience. Um, can't thank you enough for that, guys. But the push to 10K need to get there by the end of the football season. So need to get there by next Saturday. We're a little over 300 away. So tell your mom, tell your friends, uh, tell your girlfriend, tell your, um, tell your uh, everybody else. I was gonna make a joke there, but I think not. Uh, subscribe to Lockdown Balls on the YouTube channel and. Wherever you listen to your podcast, stats that matter. Typically on Wednesdays, before we get into Josh Ward, we look back at the pro football focus. Great stats that matter. Well, I'm not going to do that this week because it is just flat out abysmal, flat out abysmal. Um, But I am going to look ahead to Carson Beck. I did this a little earlier in the season. South Carolina, Spencer Rattler, Max Johnson throwing the deep ball well, A M. Kind of leading in the contest, I'm going to do that this week for Carson Beck. Carson Beck's uh, gotten better and better. I think he truly benefited from sitting behind and watching Stetson Bennett just go to work. Um, Stetson Bennett, I know Tennessee fans, not fans of Florida, uh, not fans of Georgia Bulldogs, I don't expect you to be. Do recognize it's a really cool story for Stetson Bennett. Um, but I think we can all also agree he might have worked hard and became a really good quarterback uh, physically. You know, not what you look that's why he's a walk-on initially. Physically, you're not what you look for in a power five quarterback. Carson Beck is got a big arm, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. But I think he benefited from watching and uh observing how Stetson Bennett went to work. Chayden Daniels is there, Carson Beck was patient. Uh, Setson Bennett was there. You know Carson Beck was patient, and, and here here he is now. Putting together a really good year. Like I said in segment number one, 3,022 passing yards. That's second to Jaden Daniels in the Southeastern Conference. 18 touchdowns, five interceptions on the season. Um, he's been kept clean on 84% of his dropbacks. Testament to that, off, that offensive line that's allowed just nine sacks on the season. Uh, under pressure only 15% of the time. Uh, he's been he's not been blitz 60% of the time. He's been blitzed 30, so pretty much 40% of the time, he's been blitzed. When he's been kept clean, his pro football focus grade is 91.5. That is considered elite. When he's been under pressure, his pro football focus grade, again, under pressure only 15% of the time. So it's not a it's not a huge sample size, but his pro football focus grade drops down to 68.7, which is considered an average percentage grade but it's on the higher echelon of that average because 70 is considered above average player 70 to 80 but 68.7 so obviously with any you know just about every other quarterback when they're under pressure things get more difficult um when he's not blitzed his grade is 91.8 percent. uh obviously that's an elite grade when he is blitzed he's still at 77 which is uh the upper echelon of an above average quarterback for Carson Beck so Again, he's he's putting in the work right here. Let's look at passing depth. Where does he excel in a spray chart? Passes 20 yards down the field. Carson Beck is 17 for 42, 549 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. That pro football focus grade is 90.6. 90.6. I do want to uh, let's see if I can do this. Sorry, sorry, sorry on the fly. Gotta love me doing this on the fly. It's really embarrassing because I should have had this tab already pulled up, uh, but I don't. I want to compare these to Joe Milton. Joe Milton's got better as the year gone on. We know this, and we haven't really taken a look at Joe Milton's pro football focus stats uh, here in, the, in a little bit. All right, so Carson back 20-plus yards down the field, 17 of 42, 549 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, That grade is at 90.6 per Pro Football Focus. That is considered an elite grade. Joe Milton, 14 of 49 for 28% completion. Carson Becks, that was a 40% completion. Again, these are deep throws, so the completion percentage is not going to be good. Carson Becks completing those passes at 40.5%. Joe Milton is completing those passes at 28.6 because Joe Milton is 14 of 49 on the year on passes 20-plus yards down the field, 613 yards, 8 touchdowns for interceptions. So he's doubled his touchdown intake on the, on the deep ball, but his pro football focus grade is at 60.8, which is at the very bottom of an average quarterback. In fact, it is .2 away, .2 away from being an above a, a below average quarterback. All right, let's look at the intermediate game, shall we? This is 10 to 19 yards. And and our, and our buddy on locked on Lockdown Bulldogs for the crossover tomorrow says that if there's a kryptonite for Carson Beck it's the intermediate throw game well let's check the numbers here 10 to 19 yards 10 to 19 yards he is 51 of 76 completing passes at 67.1 so far so good 1168 yards six touchdowns three interceptions 91.4 yards 91.4 is his pro football focus grade again that doesn't look like a kryptonite whatsoever. It looks pretty good. I mean, 51 to 76, 1,168 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions, completing passes at 67%, and a pro football focus grade of 91.4. That ain't bad. Let's look at Joe Milton intermediate. Joe Milton, 10 to 19 yards, 25 of 55, 45.5% completion for 375 yards three touchdowns, no interceptions. His pro football focus grade is 73.6. So obviously not nearly as good as Carson Beck's. Let's look at the short game. We know Joe Milton throws a ton of short games this year. Uh, zero Within 10 yards, 0 to 9 yards, Carson Beck is 86 for 100. Wow, that's easy math. I can tell you that is an 86% completion. 86 of 100. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, 772 yards. 84.2 is that pro football focus grade. Joe Milton, 82 for 102. Very similar here. Very similar here. 82 for 102 and passes within 10 yards. 80.4% completion. 804 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Pro football focus grade at 69.6. Take a look at the passes behind the line of scrimmage. 77 of 84. A lot of dump-offs, okay? A lot of uh, jump passes, not jump passes, little touch passes. They Carson Beck does a lot of that stuff, sideline to sideline, behind the line of scrimmage, kind of like what Tennessee does. 77 to 84. So he's completing 92% of his passes behind the line of scrimmage. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, 541 yards. 75.1 is his pro football focus grade. Joe Milton, 69 for 75. 92% behind the line of scrimmage. 487 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 65.4% is his completion percentage. So I I really think Joe Milton and Carson Beck are very similar in some areas. However, the uh, intermediates, Carson Beck is... Let's see here. Carson Beck is significantly better in the intermediates. And on the deep passes, Joe Milton's thrown more touchdowns. Joe Milton has thrown for more yards, but... Carson Beck has completed more deep passes. 17 of 42. Joe Milton is 14 of 49. So I think that is uh, worth noting there. All right, let's go and look real quick here before we get into Josh Joshua. Let's go look at some cover grades for the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's take a look at this secondary, shall we? All right, Malachi Starks. Malachi Starks is the free safety. He is allowed 13 receptions on 24 targets on the year for 117 yards. He's allowed 14. Three touchdowns. He has logged two interceptions and pass. He's broken up five passes. All right, so it's pretty solid stat line. The interceptions help. The PBU's help as well. Javon Bullard's a safety. He's allowed nine receptions on fifty on fifteen targets. Okay, for seventy-three yards. That's really really solid. He's picked off two passes. Allowed no interceptions. So Javon Javon Bullard, though only fifteen targets his way. He's been really, really solid through the air. Tyke Smith is the star player, and he's been really, really good this year. Of the 41 times Tyke Smith has been targeted through the air, he's given up 23 receptions. So uh, opponents are completing 56.1% of their passes towards him. Okay, well, he's got four interceptions. (laughs) That's not bad. He's allowed only 155 yards, and he's allowed three touchdowns, but again, he has four interceptions. Pretty good. Uh, Kamari Lassiter, who I've heard a lot of good things about this week, 36 times he's been targeted at the cornerback position. He's only given up 16 receptions, only given up 193 yards. All right. He has four pass breakups, no interceptions. He's not allowed a touchdown. So Lassiter's turning into a, a pretty solid season so far. And then finally, the other quarterback is Dylan Everett. He's been targeted 39 times, given up 21 receptions. He's given up 271 yards. So if Tennessee wants to go and pick on somebody, go find Dylan Everett. Again, been targeted 39 times, given up 21 receptions. Quarterbacks are completing 53.8% on passes to that side of the cornerback. All right. He has four pass breakups, no interceptions, and he's allowed two touchdowns. So if there's a weakness here, if there is a weakness here, I think it is the cornerback by the name of Dylan Everett that Tennessee should target because the other cornerback. And Kamori Laster. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. All right. I view those as stats that matter. I hope you agree. Uh, we'll continue to break down Georgia. Took a, a big old look at Georgia, scouting the opponent here on a Wednesday show. Let's hear from Josh Ward, our buddy Josh Ward. That's coming up next, right here on Locked On Vols. I do you want to tell you first about our friends over at FanDuel? Proud sponsor of the show. FanDuel, it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action right now. You got college football, you got NFL, you got college basketball, you got the NBA going on right now. You got NHL season's underway as well. We are in full-fledged crossover season and it is so exciting because you can take a look at those totals. We love overs here on Locked On Vols, but you can play those unders as well. Spreads and player props, especially if you're new to the game. Player props is something fun and enjoyable and simple that you can pay attention to. uh, So you can put some coin in your pocket. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. As we do every single week here on Locked On Vols, we check in with our buddy Josh Ward for Award Wednesday. Josh, uh, not a, not a whole lot to talk about. This is kind of the last day that, uh, of the week that, I that I look back on the game that just happened before, you know, looking to this Saturday. Um, and, and this one was a, a game you don't really even want to look back at. I mean, it was, it was brutal from the get go for Tennessee. Uh, nothing, nothing was yep. good. I mean, yep. the the Could have gone was, better. Yeah. The, everything's on fire The The sky was falling, but literally, I mean, Tennessee had one touchdown play and, and that, that was it.
1: Yeah. And You know somewhat fortunate to get that score right because what a catch that was by Dante Thornton who unfortunately was injured on the play and that ends his season when he gets his first touchdown catch of the year. Toughest catch he's made all season long. If he doesn't make it other you're not scoring a touchdown I guess most likely the rest of the game. So uh, it's brutal Eric. I I thought Missouri had a really good chance to win. I thought Tennessee would win the game and I thought Tennessee was the better team going in. But Missouri proved me wrong and proved a lot of people wrong because Missouri looked like the team that should have been fresh coming off an easy game against UConn, and Tennessee looked like the team that had just played this tough physical game and was going to be let down the next week. And um, Everybody who's disappointed or upset or frustrated by the result and the performance over 60 minutes deserves to be. Uh, there, there's the loss, and then there's how you look in the loss, and Tennessee looked really bad. Is it just me,
0: and I, I think I said this earlier in the week? You know, Tennessee's not lost many ball games the last couple of years with Josh Heupel, but when Tennessee loses, I mean, it loses. Think yeah. about the you know being outscored twenty-seven nothing in the second half to Alabama, the, f- the second quarter at Florida, yeah. uh, the Missouri game, South Carolina last year. It just feels like when this team doesn't win, it kind of implodes.
1: Yeah, that's part of it. Is only five losses in the last two seasons. That is really good, but all five losses left fans just feeling bad really bad with how things went during that game the one where you can come out of that feeling that way but then say okay I get it was Georgia in Athens that was the best team in the country and it made sense none of the other results to me made sense by the end even Alabama this year because Tennessee had a 13 point advantage at halftime against a Nick Saban team that I've been impressed with overall with their mental toughness and that second half would be part of that but Tennessee got dominated destroyed 27 nothing in the second half so you still had that feeling come coming out of it and i know tennessee has lost a bunch of times in gainesville and and this year was on that list but it's a bad florida team that did what it wanted to against tennessee so yeah that's part of it uh how you look in those losses how tennessee performed if tennessee had lost 36 31 this past weekend against missouri Fans wouldn't have felt great about it, but would have come out and said, you know what, credit to Missouri. We lost a game that we could have won. But instead, it's 36-7, to and you don't want to watch any of the fourth quarter and you have a pick six that just makes you feel sick by the time that it's over and the field goal attempt at the end to try to get to 10 points. Uh, it was it was gross. Now, are you sure fans would say, "I right, tip my cap to Missouri, job well done? Uh, by comparison to this feeling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying they would have been happy. But it wouldn't have been this. I mean, look at it this way. From the fan standpoint, how much have we heard fans make fun of Billy Napier and Shane Beamer and Eli Drinkwitz? Well, Eli Eli Drinkwitz just beat Tennessee by 29 points. Shane Beamer scored more than 60 against Tennessee last year. And Billy Napier is going to walk out of the season with one quality win, most likely, and it's going to be against Tennessee by two touchdowns. So – Losing that way to coaches that Tennessee fans make fun of is not going to help the uh, the feeling of the fan base, the mood of the fan base. So now Tennessee is
0: at seven and three, three and three in SEC play. You come back home, you got the top ranked Bulldogs, Mm -hmm. then you got Vanderbilt, probably looking at an eight win season, eight and four. Um, I think we discussed this maybe even last week. Is eight and four? This is this is how I view eight and four. You tell me how you view it. Sky's not falling. Shouldn't be calling for Josh Heupel's head. Nothing. Yeah. No, that's not the issue there. Um, but it's a tad disappointing. It is because, again, you look at these losses. Losing to Missouri is not the end of the world. Like you said, it's how you lost Missouri, how you lost to Alabama. Should not have lost to Florida. Inexcusable. We'll see what happens with Georgia. Uh, but, I mean, I'm going to pick Tennessee to lose that game, obviously, because I'm not an idiot. 8-4 um, and four is a tad, disapp- tad bit disappointing, and I think a lot of that stems from how you lost these games and, of course, even though you knew you'd take a step back from last year, losing NFL talent, Heisman caliber quarterback, Boletnikoff award winner, top 10 tackle, um, I still think that it's set up like the, oh, well, they won 11 games last year. I mean, this thing's going to be humming. The expectations kind of rose a little bit. I think eight and four is a tad bit disappointing when I picked nine and three at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah. Um, unless you just went in with low expectations and you expected a big step back from last season, then... I think this season is pretty obviously a disappointment from a number of different ways. Tennessee had, had raised the standard of what they expected internally over the last couple of years. So eight and four would be short of that. The oddsmakers had Tennessee's number at nine and a half. Nine would be just under that, under, but understandable, explainable. It's right in line. Eight and four is not. Eight and four also means four and four in conference foreign foreign conference is nothing to celebrate it's nothing to uh, to blow everything up over and that's part of the reminder here is that criticism can come without it being extreme saying okay that's disappointing this isn't good enough this this needs to be better in the future doesn't mean that everybody has to go and you have to find new people to make that happen might have to find new people in certain spots they need to recruit at a higher level they need to do a better job in the transfer portal of bringing in players to help fix some of the obvious issues from one season to the next. There's also this if we're talking about okay, what does 8 and 4 mean? Tennessee's non-conference schedule was a joke. They played four easy opponents that they would have no trouble beating. There's four easy wins. Four and four in conference also c- comes with a win against Vanderbilt. We're assuming at this point, right? That's a Vanderbilt is is in line with the other four non-conference teams in terms of quality. Tennessee will have played seven quality opponents this season. If Tennessee goes 8-4 and and they have five easy wins, that means seven quality opponents leaves them with a 3-4 and record. How is that not disappointing? That's why this week is so big. You have the number one team in the country. They have this huge winning streak. Tennessee has the home winning streak that goes back to the loss against Georgia in 2021. Here is a chance to salvage this conversation and and put it in the trash can. And even if Tennessee wins this week and it causes people to say, so what happened against Florida? What happened against Missouri? I don't need to explain why beating Georgia would be so huge for Tennessee this week. So here's the opportunity to keep an 8-4 and season, a 4-4 and season in conference play, ugly losses against teams that fans don't really respect uh, from being a disappointment.
0: And I think it's important to remember, I know I just said it a moment ago, how I'm not going to pick Tennessee to win that game because I have a brain. But Tennessee can win this game. I mean, if Tennessee plays up to its potential the way it's played at points and times this season, you run the football, you stop the run. You get to the passer. I know all those things won't align all in one game. Typically, that's not how football works. But if you just don't lay an egg and you're competitive and you play four quarters, Tennessee 100% can win this football game, okay? Georgia's good. is not big bad Georgia the last two years. They might win a national championship again this yeah. year, but this team is not as good as it's been the last two. Still a really good team. Still the best team, in my opinion, in the country, and it keeps getting better. But this is not the last two years of Georgia. My point is, Tennessee yeah. can still win this football game like you don't concede it it's just i mean you got to put forth an effort like you did first half alabama like you did defensively AM. i mean you got to play well because what we saw the last time out it was just abysmal
1: yeah um i mean again back to the oddsmakers they're telling us it's it's uh, there's a shot available for tennessee being yeah. a 10 to 11 point underdog at home it's not a 24 point underdog you are like okay technically there's a chance but it's going to take some doing uh, I do think that Tennessee still needs a little bit of help. Mistakes, uh, whether that be penalties, turnovers—I mean, maybe all of the above—from Georgia not being as mentally dialed in. Because if Georgia has the mindset that it had in last year's Tennessee game, and that it has appeared to have for the Ole Miss game or the Florida game coming out of the bye week or the Kentucky game, where they they at least they heard some questions about, okay, is this Georgia team as good as the last couple of years? And whether it is or is not, their mindset was. Yeah, we are, and we're about to show you. If Georgia Knox saying, we're going to show you just how good we are, that there is no question the best team in the East is, the gap is wide, then I don't think Tennessee can match that. But if Georgia makes mistakes, if they're not efficient on offense, if they turn the ball over, if they commit penalties on the road, and Tennessee is up for the game, the defensive line can be disruptive and cause some of those mistakes, then Tennessee's going to have a shot to win the game. Georgia plays mostly mistake-free football and plays up to its potential, Tennessee cannot match that potential. He is Josh Ward. Follow him
0: on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. Check out his radio show, 991 The Sports Animal, noon to three weekdays with VFL Jason Swain. That is Josh and Swain. And Josh, you have that newsletter every Friday morning about 830. You can uh, subscribe to that newsletter for free in the, uh, the notes in this episode, both yep. on YouTube and uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast. What can we look forward to in the newsletter and, of course, the rest of the week on your radio show?
1: Yeah, Tennessee shot uh, against Georgia. We'll talk about it this week on the show. It takes you 10 seconds to subscribe. comes once a week in your email inbox on Friday morning. And uh, I hope you'll check it out. So please subscribe, and I appreciate you sharing it to the audience there, Eric. Josh, appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, he is Josh
0: Ward. We do it every single Wednesday, Ward Wednesday, right here on Locked On Balls. We'll get a Locked On crossover edition with our guys at Locked On Bulldogs. We'll learn all about Georgia, what they think about Tennessee, And uh, we'll continue to do our homework on the Georgia Bulldogs. How can Tennessee pull off this upset at home, extend the winning streak at home to 15 games, and snap Georgia's losing streak at 27 straight wins. Georgia's winning streak at 27 straight wins. All that and more coming up tomorrow and on Friday's show. Appreciate you guys for being here, and uh, have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody.